the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. The United Nations. What exactly is their mission statement again? They're like the Federal Reserve. You guys suck at your job. In fact, what do you really do? I've always been curious to know. You know, everyone's afraid to ask uh, John Kennedy uh, built New World Trades, uh, you know, the uh, U.N., uh, condominiums or he took the buildings over and it was great and it's it's great it's world peace since the united nations was formed you could argue since the treaty of versailles did they stop anything any death or mayhem i mean aside from stopping information like for instance the ukrainian war there was not one call for peace not one call for diplomacy just this nonsense nonsense this mayhem this welfare warfare state and when you get to a point where well, warfare and welfare is the norm, you'll put any moron in charge of it. Now, even as we evolve our institutions and drive creative new... Yeah, it's true, Squirrel. That, 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 those are words. This is the so-called president of the United States. Now, you know on this show we refer to him as the dimwit in diapers, the feeble fascist, or the traitor and thief. All are applicable. However, what you have here is somebody who is truly suffering before our eyes, but we know this. The good news is this will not affect his ratings whatsoever. The Democrats, as you can look around from Chicago to New York to New Jersey to California, pick up. How about Philly and that real moron senator they have? He's the pick of the litter. They have absolutely no standards. But this is the president of the United States of America after stealing a very successful election through due to fraud where 81 million people who do not exist pretended to vote for him. In the meantime, he is before the world stage. But will it matter? Because any of these people there, they just want the money too, right? Now, even as we evolve our institutions and drive creative new partnerships, let me be clear. Certain principles of our international system are sacrosanct. Not a word. Not one clear word. It was like Otis Campbell in Mayberry. In fact, we'd be better off if Otis Campbell in Mayberry was in charge of things because Otis Campbell would have never funded the World Bank. The World Bank. How many... Billions, hundreds of billions is missing, stolen, unaccounted for. Well, it doesn't really matter because thanks to this dimwit in diapers, they're going to get more. Under the new president of the World Bank, changes. I mean, I, I, I have to start it over because I still can't get over the fact that this is acceptable to any American, which realize is when you realize these are communists. These aren't Americans. These are communists. These are frauds. And their, their intent to bankrupt us is working very successfully. In fact, we just hit 33 trillion dollars and i don't see it on any not even of the financial shows are they talking about the 33 trillion that we're going to have to borrow money to pay interest on under the new president of the world bank 
Change is already taking root. Last month, I asked the United States Congress. Squirrel, do you think it's the dentures? What? Uh, really, uh, Jim Economos could probably tell us. Is this the dentures that they have misscrewed in? The, it's righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. Who's screwing the dentures into this idiot's skull? For additional funds to expand World Bank financing by $25 billion. And the G20, we rallied the major... Let me help you. It's not the D20. It's the G20. But when you have dementia and your brain is being eaten like it was in a Pac-Man game, you can't focus on the actual words you want to say. It's like Fetterman. You just start jibber-jabbering. Economies of the world to mobilize even more funding. Collectively, we can deliver a transformational boost to World Bank lending. Transformational boost to World Bank lending. Now... Should we talk about how American banks are on the threshold and the precipice of bankruptcy? Or should we talk about the regulatory minds that were put into place after Dodd-Frank, ironically named after a moron by the name of Barney Frank and Chris Dodd, who always was, he was the Joe Biden of his time. He always had sweetheart deals, specifically with Country Red Bank, who managed to get a massive bailout in this. But um, the Dodd-Frank bill, which destroyed banking in America and has centralized it into this quasi-government front we have in a banking system in America, but we're going to help the World Bank? Why doesn't anyone want to help our bank? And then you realize, because Joe Biden was paid to destroy the American economy, and he was paid to enrich his Chinese communist overlords, which explains the next cut. I've said we are for de-risking, not decoupling with China. What exactly is de-risking? Because if we were, were for real de-risking, we would turn this entire government and the justice system over to AI. Because AI could do a lot better than these mafia Democrats. And we already know, the Democrats know how to explain AI. I like when Kamala Harris talks with her clothes on. It's even more confusing. AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But only, only, by the way, only a Democrat, if they haven't figured out how to change the station, is not offended by this. They like the condescension talking to like they were children who did something wrong. Ultimately, what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine. So who taught you? Hey, stupid. Oh, you're right. You had the Marxist father. In fact, her father is one of the only professors who identifies himself in his own resume as a Marxist economist, which would explain the Bidenomics, because it's intended to bankrupt us. In 1943, the following directive was issued from party headquarters to all communists in the United States. It read, When certain obstructionists become too irritating, label them, after suitable build-ups, as fascist or Nazi or anti-Semitic. And use the prestige of anti-fascist and tolerance organizations to discredit them. In the public mind, constantly associate those who oppose us with those names which already have a bad smell. The association will, after enough repetition, become fact in the public mind. And that explains how some corrupt political whore, pencil neck geek like Adam Schiff, really has the audacity to insult anybody else as he has been known to be a swindler, a liar, and a thief, also known as a very good Democrat. It's like he is. I think this is probably, uh, you know, music to the ears of the special prosecutor uh, watching these interviews, compiling further evidence to present uh, against the president. It's probably also 
good news for the prosecutors in Georgia. Uh, here he is taking responsibility, saying it was his decision, uh, essentially, that he was ignoring the lawyers who were saying the respected lawyers who were saying things that he didn't want to hear and going with the crazies because uh, it affirmed what he wanted to believe. Wrong. He won't say who he called because he called no one uh, to put an end to this. Uh, that's uh, the painful reality of it. And he sat there for hours watching the Capitol be attacked. He sat there in the comfort and security of the White House dining room. And the whole time this is going on, the idiot in diapers, Joe Biden, goes to the U.N., talks about how we must send our money to the most corrupt country in Europe. Hundreds of billions of dollars now at this point as we are most bankrupt. And they, he kept saying today about sovereignty, it's sovereignty, it's sovereignty. And it got me thinking, why is no one talking about American sovereignty as we pretend that somehow this is virtuous other than an invasion? And this is an invasion, but to give you some perspective into just what's happening in, to our country since Joe Biden has stolen the office, he did not get elected by 81 million true Americans. To give you an idea, we have 30 states in this country, 30 for those people who are, uh, went to CPS and still can't figure out how to change the station, that's more than half of America. States have less than 6 million people. Less than 6 million people. Yet since Joe Biden has stolen the most important office in the world, we have 5.5 million people that have invaded us from the southern border. And I'll be brief. As we talk about the federal government's role in deciding what goes in a library or a school... There's been 347% increase in illegal crossings uh, since 2020. 183,000 people came over legally uh, in July. We've had 146 people on the terrorist watch list. And FY22, which is about 2.4 million came across. Since President Biden's been president, 5.5 million people have come across illegally. That's bigger than the state of South Carolina. It's bigger than... 29 other states and yet joe biden said nothing nothing about any of the important things that happened maybe he meant to squirrel as he froze in which point mitch mcconnell laughed from his office and didn't know why simply put the 21st century 21st century results you can almost hear his brain clicking can't you are badly needed all right needed to move us along that starts with the United Nations. Starts right here. You know what? And it got me thinking. We should start with the United Nations. We should defund the United Nations. We should pull out of the United Nations. Or the United Nations should kick us out. After all, it's America that started, what, at least 16 of the last 20 conflicts in the world? But we're the authority? 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The Answer. AM 560. The answer. So we are positioning ourselves to fall right into World War III. I couldn't help but notice the talk by the American so-called president really centered around us giving more money to Zelensky, more money to Ukraine. But yet we are entitled to zero updates. You see, the reality is Ukraine lost. They've been losing since we've started funding them, as they've been pretending this is some sort of proxy war that is the best kept secret in the world when everybody knows exactly what it is. So we have a decision to make as we butt up against not just the $33 trillion that we pretend is our debt. It's far greater than $33 trillion, believe me. 
in the meantime, we're up against a shutdown and the Republicans say nothing because they understand that they will have to fast track this because the money really has never been shut off, has never been shut off to Ukraine. And we don't even know how it's been going there. It's been going there biweekly when you ask more than one of the Marxist mafia members, also known as the Biden administration. One of the things that Congress has given USAID uh, since this full-scale invasion began is an unprecedented amount of money Mm -hmm. in direct budget support, which sounds kind of obvious. Of course, we would do that. We want to stand with Ukraine, but it's totally unprecedented, this kind of scale of investment. And we're talking along the lines of about $15 billion in, in a sense, cash. And that was in the beginning. We're well over $100 billion, and nobody wants to stop and count the money. We also know that this is another terrible kept secret. It turns out that Zelensky has already been accused by an, by an American reporter of misappropriating $400 million. $400 million. And instead of asking anybody, we're just going to continue to fund? It doesn't make any sense to me. So how do you distract the American people from this? It's really quite simple. Start another problem. John Kirby told me, essentially, the dates are a coincidence. Not tied to 9-11, not tied to the U.N. General Assembly, simply tied to the hard work over months and months and months by diplomats to secure this release. So they were able to secure the release, five Iranians that we, we held, and nobody wants to talk, talk about why we held them. And we're getting five Americans back, and we freed up six billion dollars, and we strengthened OPEC as oil hits new highs, and yet that's not in the news either. In fact, what I have to hear about is Janet Yelling telling me everything is fine. This isn't good enough for me. Is it good enough for you? 312-642-5600. George in Naperville. Sean, how does the person using sign language at these major speeches Biden gives form non-existing words? I think it's the sign language that was used by Lori Lightfoot. Remember when she had that theater production where we pretended we understood if that was sign language or not? The whole time it was just clown faced by what we think is a transgender woman. Don in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, I think better use of those U.N. buildings would be to house all the illegal migrants that are coming into Don, New York. These are the kind of ideas that solve major problems. After all, the buildings are absolutely useless. And what really happens in these buildings could happen in the Capitol. It's just another example of political corruption. As Joe Biden sends $25 billion to the World Bank in a country that's bankrupt and nobody says a word, I find this to be astonishing. Do you not? Yes, and, and that used to be prime property, but not in New York anymore. And you know what the, what the, what the end game is on this, Sean? I just kind of, it just kind of dawned on me. They're going to load these Democrat cities with more people, and the census is going to come up, and then we're going to get more. Congressman! I love it. Yeah. I love it. We should start calling the U.N. the greatest Section 8 housing building New York has That's to kind of- offer. I appreciate it very much. After all, I wonder, do they pay rent to us? I, I don't think if they do. It's probably from the World Bank, which means it's our money coming back to us, and we pretend it's rent. That's only something a Democrat scheme could come up with. Under the new president of the World Bank, change is already taking root. He can't speak, squirrel. The president can't talk. Would you let him drive a car? I wouldn't let him drive my car. I don't even like my car here in Illinois. Last month, I asked the United States Congress for additional funds to expand World Bank financing by $25 billion. And the G20. I think I'd like to know where the rest of the money is. 
that we've given the World Bank. I'd also like to know where the rest of the money that we know Zelensky has missing. I'd like to know how the Ukrainian wife had 30 million in a suitcase. The wife of a Ukrainian politician has been caught allegedly smuggling 28 million dollars and 1.3 million euros in cash. Anastasia you know what Kozitska that calls for, was caught by the authorities. You know what that calls for? I wonder if this was playing in the background. In lot at the U.S., everybody dance on the American dollar. Woo! You got a guy in charge that doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. And he came up with a new word. We're going to de-risk from China. How do you de-risk from China? I've said we are for de-risking, not decoupling with China. You know what that means? He's really going to expand the scam of the eco-Nazis and the green energy movement. Yes, he is. Work together with China on issues where progress hinges on our common efforts. Nowhere is that more critical than accelerating the climate crisis, than than the accelerating climate crisis. (laughs) Careful, you'll show your cards, you moron. And it'll distract from the fact that we have at least 400 million that we know traces right back to the Bentley dealer. In Kiev, President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. He says Zelensky and his team have embezzled about $400 million. $400 million. That wasn't brought up. I don't think that was brought up today, was it, Squirrel? Nah, that's never brought up. And it reminds me, how do these Democrats get into office? And then I remembered how this all started. We had a Democrat who was going to run into the middle like a quasi-Republican. I'm sure it has nothing to do with Trump now running to the middle and the left and making everybody happy. However, I remember when it was done, almost perfect, by Sololinsky's greatest student, although I don't think they ever met. In fact, I know they didn't meet because Sololinsky died in the 60s or uh, 70s as a multimillionaire in Carmel, Wisconsin, the whole time pretending to be a Marxist, poor one. And I remember how it all got started. As I said yesterday, the economic crisis we face demands that we invest immediately in a series of measures that will help save or create two and a half million jobs and put tax cuts in the pockets of the hard-pressed middle class. Tax cuts. See, this is how he ran. He ran as a quasi-Republican. He really did. Where do you hear the part where he says he's going to cut spending? It's great. Many of those new jobs will come in areas such as energy independence, technology, and healthcare modernization that will strengthen our economy over the long term. But if we are going to make the investments we need, we also have to be willing to shed the spending that we don't need. Oh, it's my favorite In these challenging times, when we're facing both rising deficits and a shrinking economy, budget reform is not an option. It's a necessity. We can't sustain a system that bleeds billions of taxpayer dollars on programs that have outlived their usefulness. You mean like the World Bank or the U.N.? Or exists solely because of the power of politicians, lobbyists, or interest groups. We simply can't afford it. This isn't about big government or small government. It's about building a smarter government that focuses on what works. Squirrel, did you hear him say smarter government? Now, it is the our institution. There it is. Smarter government. And that's why I will ask my new team to think anew and act anew to meet our new challenges. We are going to go through our federal budget, as I promised during the campaign, page by page, line by line, eliminating those programs we don't need and insisting that those that we do need operate in a sensible, cost-effective way. You see, Squirrel, I like my bull dung in full sentences. And now all we have is his dimwit. 
and drive creative new partnerships. Let me be clear. Certain principles are in the national system. Are- <laughs> Let me be clear while I dribble on my shirt. Here's a guy that's dribbled on his shirt in the past. Chuck and Dullivan. Hey, how you doing? Very good. Hey, uh, let me let me do the math for you. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was born in 1889, and he said, "Never trust anybody that eats dog." That's the Chinese. They could take and seventy vicious and go rumors. up our our whole coast and have the guy in front with golf shoes. And as we shoot them, the guy behind them puts the golf shoes on and runs over the top of us. We as American citizens do not have enough bullets to kill them. Or That's golf where shoes. we're at right now. Or golf shoes. Right. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Failures and Democrats get used to losing. That's really what we're on in the doom loop day of the Republic or the Democrat leadership. It's a doom loop. It's going to get worse and it's going to get worse until you throw these idiots out and stop voting or entertaining the idea that this mafia is really a political party. It isn't. For one day, for one day, my administration, the United States, has treated this crisis as an existential threat from the. Let me ha- let me help let me help you, Squirrel. You know, from being from Ellis Park, I can speak half-ass mafia dimwit Democrat. He's trying to say since day one. That's what he's trying to say. Now hear it again. And think about think about taking 70 IQ points off of your list there and uh, being drunk for about 14 of the 24 hours of the day in the last seven months. And you wake up in that kind of coma, and now you'll be able to understand them. For one day, for one day, my administration, the United States, has treated this crisis as an existential threat from the moment we took office. Not only for us, but for all of humanity. I wonder if he's talking about the foreign policy of America. No one knows because it's Joe Biden and nobody paid attention. Zelensky, it was great to watch, was texting on his phone. I hope it was to his dimwit wife in Paris telling her, don't show off too much. You'll tip our cards. In the meantime, I remember when the U.N., when America could be proud of a president that spoke of the U.N. I remember it distinctly. Now we're going to have to go way, way back, but it was worth it. Distinguished ladies and gentlemen, as we persevere in the search for a more secure world, we must do everything we can to let diplomacy triumph. Diplomacy, the most honorable of professions, can bring the most blessed of gifts, the gift of peace. If we succeed, the world will find an excitement and accomplishment in peace beyond that which could ever be imagined through violence and war. The United Nations General Assembly is the main policy-making organ of the United Nations. Do you believe that? Listen to the difference. One who ironically had policies to bring down the Soviet Union. Only spoke of peace. Another one who has absolute and total policies of failure, economic destruction, and calamity. Always speaks of funding the most corrupt nation in Europe. I would say the world, but I'm wondering, don't we hold that title? I think we do, especially when you have so-called Republicans, and this pains me to say, so-called Republicans promote fraud as continuing resolutions. The good news is there's still a few Republicans that stand out against it. Ironically, both of these Republicans are from Florida, and the one that is my particular congressman 
lost my vote. Mr. Speaker, I'm not voting for a continuing resolution. I'm not voting to continue the failure and the waste and the corruption and the election interference, and in some cases, the efforts that could lead this country into World War III. I oppose the CR authored by my friend and colleague from Florida, Byron Donalds. The Donald CR continues the Ukraine policy negotiated by Speaker Pelosi and Mitch McConnell in the omnibus that conservatives were against. The Donald CR is a permission slip for Jack Smith to continue his election interference as they are trying to gag the president, the former president of the United States and the leading contender for the Republican nomination. And the Donald CR abandons the principle that it is only a review of single subject spending bills that will save this country and allow us to tweeze through these programs and force these agencies to stand up and defend their budget. My friends, we are approaching the days where we're facing $2 trillion annual deficits atop a $33 trillion debt. This is unsustainable. And just to continue things with some facial 8% cut over 30 days that will lead to no programmatic reform is an insult to the principles we fought for in January. I yield back. It's an insult to the principles we have been sending so-called representatives since Barack Obama passed, what, Obamacare? And that was going to lower costs. It was going to save things. I definitely remember. I just want to say a few words about two milestones that have passed in the last few hours that represent encouraging progress for our country. The first was the historic vote the House took last night on health insurance reform. For years, we've been told that this couldn't be done. After all, neither. No, you were told it shouldn't be done. You were told it shouldn't be done. That it would drive down the quality of care. That it would drive up the costs. And since you rammed it through, through corruption, by buying votes through government money, what did you do? You destroyed 50% of healthcare professionals, 50% of hospitals, and rammed up the cost of premiums 400%. Now celebrate, dummy! Chamber of Congress has been able to pass a comprehensive health insurance reform bill for generations. But last night, the House proved differently. The Affordable Health Care for America Act is a piece of legislation that will provide stability and security for Americans who have insurance, quality affordable options for those who don't, and bring down the cost of health care for families, businesses, and our government while strengthening the financial health of Medicare. See, Squirrel, if I want to be lied to by a con artist who never worked a day in his life, three months late on his car payment, I want it to be in complete sentences. I'm silly that way. I prefer complete sentences. I don't even mind when it comes from an unusual looking woman. I don't mind. I'm not asking you to play therapist with the American voter, but there seems to be a disconnect between the numbers we're seeing and the way people are feeling about the economy. And how do you account for it? I I agree with you that there's Yeah, the reporter was the unusual one. Janet Yellen is just I'm not sure one to disconnect and um, I don't have a simple and convincing answer but Americans have been through a lot the pandemic really took a toll on American families on children on households Um, we are enjoying a remarkable recovery but uh it's a remarkable recovery swirl now do you want to bet if she pees standing up or sitting down me either but I'll tell you who does pee sitting down friend here John Fetterman from Pennsylvania Because we're a union town here, too, as well. It's just an honor to be here. Yeah. Oh, wow. My favorite part.
part about Fetterman joining the UAW picket line is even the UAW workers looked at him and said, who's this bum? I always stand for the union way of life. I live across the street, you know, from a steel mill and the steel workers, you know, and I came from Pittsburgh because I it's a union town as well. I always stand for a union. And I, whatever the unions, you know, the best. I think it's important that when you focus on the Ford union strike, you point to the success of the American steel worker unions. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing today? It sounds like you're aggravated again. I'm not, well, I'm aggravated uh, for other reasons. But, yeah, you know, yeah. it's $33 trillion, and Republicans are going to pass continuing resolutions to continue the waste, yeah, fraud, and abuse that is our government. Never stick together. Yeah. They do stick together. Listen, they stick together with Robin. Right. Now that uh, Schumer uh, passed this, uh, this trust code, he changed the trust code, uh, are we, we going to be able to get... Uh, more understanding what uh, Hellboy Fetterman says. When well, he I'll tell you what, Rich. I think they should have passed the dress code. Fetterman is, is, is should be wearing short pants. He's not really a man. So he should dress like some bust-out child, some idiot late for his class in high school. I mean, that's who he is. That's who they elected. He shouldn't dress up like a man. He's not one. In fact, what, he, what I, think it's, I think it's really quite refreshing that uh, we are now allowing these bums to look like exactly what they are. Fetterman is a bum. He's always been a bum. He never had a job in his life, but he's a good Democrat Marxist and he's a trust fund baby. And the reason he got to that position is because his daddy donated to the mafia, the other Democrats. And that's the system that really is going to run in perpetuity until we, the the so-called used to be Republicans, the people who rallied to fight back the Marxism in our government posing as the Democrat Party, until we recognize our problem is the Republican Party. You see, it's the Republicans that pass the continuing resolution bills. It's the one who pretend to be conservative, like Byron Donalds, who is now dirt to me, dead to me. Nothing. Go stand with the Democrats. And this is something only we can control. But for us to keep turning to our abusers, it makes us look like moron Democrats. And I don't want to be affiliated with them. Do you? Now, realizing of all our institutions. What? There he is, the leader of the Democrat Party. And unfortunately, America, since he stole the election. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know, it's interesting. As you watch this nonsense in the most corrupt country in Europe called Ukraine, for eight years... They were embroiled in a civil war with their own people. The government was killing its own people for eight years. For eight years, we ignored all of it. There were a couple of uh, documentaries. There was some news out of Canada. But America ignored it all. Those eight years primarily were under Obama. And as we watched the money flow, the billions, and we ignored the documentaries, and we ignored the information coming from arguably the most successful political corrupter in world history. Set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. Um, now that right, the foundation. that right there, you set up a foundation in Ukraine before the fall of the Soviet Union, before Ukraine became independent. That should have stopped people. And then the money flow between the most corrupt vice president and, dare I say, administration this country has ever seen in the Obama administration had a stream of money and loan guarantees to Ukrainian oligarchs like Ihor Kolomoisky, who was just arrested, and really the sponsor of Zelensky, 
the overnight sensation and worth somebody worth more than half a billion dollars, and nobody thinks that's a little funny, coming from a country whose GDP was $16 billion or $83 billion, whatever it was? $83 billion. The entire GDP of Ukraine, $83 billion. Yet the new president is worth $600 million. How'd that happen? There was also all kinds of allegations of Ukraine being a front for not just NATO, but America's ploy, play toy. And when I watched the uh, debates on the Democrat side, I heard Tulsi Gabbard say this. Here are the undeniable facts. There are 25 to 30 U.S. funded bio labs in Ukraine. According to the U.S. government, these bio labs are conducting research on dangerous pathogens. None Ukraine. of that addressed in the U.N. None of it ever addressed in the U.N. And now I'm going to get lectured to by a corrupt political whore from Ukraine. Somebody who comes here and pretends to be a warrior in his green T-shirt. And he's going to blame what exactly? Even though humanity is failing on its climate policy objectives, this means that extreme weather will still impact the normal global life and some evil state will also weaponize its outcomes. Has uh, Zelensky and the other scientists from Ukraine, the ones that worked in the biolabs, have they done any study on cluster bombs? Have you done any study on when you blew the dam or the Nord Stream pipeline? Have you done any study on the damage you've done? as you've pretended to be an actual country rather than a corrupt pass-through that you really are. How's Ihor Kolomoisky? Find out how he's doing? And when people in the streets of New York and other cities of the world went out on climate protest, we all have seen them. And when people in Morocco and Libya and other countries die as a result of natural disasters... and They don't die of natural disasters. In most cases, they die of corrupt governments and inferior building. That's what they really die from. That's why everybody understands what happens when the earthquakes and buildings collapse. It might be some of your craftsmanship. When islands and countries disappear underwater and when tornadoes and deserts... How many people died in Ukraine when they blew up the dam? Did we get a count? I'd like to count, please. And then I'd like to find out who blew the dam. Oh, right. Putin blew up his own dam like he blew up Nord Stream 2, right? I think it was you, Zelensky. Spreading into, into new territories. And when all of this is happening, one unnatural disaster in Moscow decided to launch a big war and kill tens of thousands of people. I think he wanted some answers on the biolabs. I just, I, I do. I think he wanted to know why the Minsk Accords were not being adhered to. I think he wanted to know... Why a lot of money was missing. And I think he also didn't want the massive advancement of American foreign policy, which has led to such success in the Middle East and Africa and the South Pacific. After all, we're doing a great job. Terry in Dyer, Indiana. Hey, Sean. So let's be real here. Russia versus Ukraine is about like the United States versus versus South Carolina. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why isn't Putin just why didn't he didn't why, want your opinion? He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to? He he didn't want to reassemble the Soviet Union. That was American CIA propaganda. He never said he wanted to to take over Ukraine again. In fact, all he wanted was to figure out why the Minsk Accords, which he argued and had diplomacy and lobbied for back in 2014, why they were not being adhered to. 
He also had some questions about the biolabs. I remember, I mean, I, I know it was a while ago, and I know we've been practicing this war for a while, and we're supposed to be all drawn into the virtue of the most corrupt government in Europe called Ukrainian government. As they were killing their own people, whose people were they killing? They were killing the Russian-speaking, the Russian Orthodox citizens of Ukraine. This is something we don't talk about anymore. But we were never given this right information. We were always steered through by the same people who want us to believe COVID is a natural problem and not something that was invested to. By the way, I don't know if you saw the paper, Terry. Did you see that Fauci's net worth expanded by $2 million since his retirement? Yeah. 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 I think maybe that, you know, I'm starting to want some questions to the bio labs and all the rest of it, but we're not going to get that either. Thank you very much, Terry. One thing's for certain, an American government that's never told us the truth, an American government that wants us to believe that this idiot was supported by 81 million Americans, an American government that wants us to believe that Joe Robinette Biden is not only not a thief, but is somehow qualified and coherent enough to be a mayor in a small town. Now, we need to evolve our institutions. Nah, you know, the more they talk, the less I believe them. I'm silly that way. Art on the south side. Sean, how you doing? Good, Art. How are you? Good. I want to bring up the fact that uh, Biden gave $6 billion to Iran. Yeah. You know what I think? I think you got a kickback on some of that money. I'll tell you what, Art. You want to know what, what amazes me is all the enemies of America, all of them, all of the ones that are manipulating the oil market, are all making a ton of money. America's economy is wallowing since Joe Biden stole the office. And all of the so-called enemies, they're thriving. The, uh, do you think the Saudi family is poorer or richer since Joe Biden stole the office? See, there's another thing you have to focus on, Art. Thank you for the call. What exactly has happened to the price of oil since Joe Biden stole the office? What has happened? I know. Let's go to Manhans. Well, I think we're really on a good path toward a soft landing. What's a soft landing feel like? Somebody get Pete Buttigieg on the line. I'd like to know what a soft landing that Yellen is talking about feels like. And net over the last year, if you go back to last summer, uh, when oil prices peaked. See, this is the thing that Democrats understand. Once you get used to failure, the next thing you know, you'll think anything is a success. That explains the success in all the big cities they rule over and how the slaves in those cities get used to the chaos. Yeah, Tanya, at least four people were robbed at gunpoint last night. Most of the incidents, though, happened on the north side of the city. Police, But they weren't shot. Robbed is okay. Shot is bad. You getting used to Democrat failure? 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody... It's amazing how history not only rewrites itself, but puts lipstick on lies. That's exactly how I view so much of the American history we're told today. But one specific stone in my shoe is this idea that FDR and the New Deal was good. 
Now, granted, I came from the financial world, and I understood that what FDR did is exactly what expanded the Great Depression, but this is somehow nuanced for the American citizen. I don't think it should be. It's going to take somebody who is a research fellow at an independent institute, somebody who has an understanding of economics and actual history, somebody like my next guest, who is a professor emeritus at the University of Alabama now, received his Ph.D. in history at the University of Wisconsin. He is David Beto, and David has a new book, The New Deal, War on the Bill of Rights, the untold story of FDR's concentration camp, censorship, and mass surveillance. Well, David, if I didn't know better, I would think you wrote this about the year 2020 through 2023. Yeah, I started this book uh, more than a decade ago, and I, I just I was thinking about, oh, a year or two ago. Boy, my timing was perfect on the release of this thing. It, it really it was, was. Very frustrating how long it took. Uh, I was thinking of abandoning the project because it was a lot of original research and I thought this is so big. And then I thought it was all worth it because it just, it just fits deja vu over and over again. Well, you're taking on one of those lies that kids are taught for generations. And then the thing about a lie is that it doesn't take hands. Christian Anderson to tell you pretty soon they start to believe their own lie. And this is really what we're living through. And, and it's not, I don't think it's 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 effective enough or impactful enough to say if you don't know history, you'll repeat it. I, I think if you don't know history or if you believe the lies of history, you will be hoisted by it and you will be impaled by it and you will be damned by it. And that's really how serious FDR's real history is. If it wasn't for World War II, and I don't think we could have, I think we, we had a million opportunities to avoid it and prevent it. If only FDR would have not been a fraud. That's how I view it. I'm wondering, what did you expose in your in your book? Well, all many of the debates we're having now about surveillance and sedition, you know, they were all played out during this period. And you see a surveillance state, a massive surveillance state, a congressional committee that was really working with FDR called the Black Committee looked at three million private telegrams uh, without, you know, without warrants. And this is a uh, telegrams were like the email of its day. That was most yeah. long distance communication. So you see that happening. You see um, uh, you see sedition trials um, hitting both the left and the right. And this is a familiar pattern. You know, the communists were all for sedition trials during World War Two when they were aimed against so the Socialist Workers Party and but then after the war, that was a precedent used against them. So we're seeing the same kind of thing play out now. Sedition trials against uh, you know people involved in J6, even in peripheral ways. Yes. And now we're seeing domestic terrorism tri- trials against the left in Atlanta. If you're going to prosecute someone for trespass, prosecute them for that. I say if they're guilty of assault, prosecute them. But not this open-ended, it could mean anything, kind of crime of sedition or domestic terrorism. Those should be put uh, repealed, I think. You know, I know I should call you Professor Beto, but I would have never been accepted into your class. So are you okay with David? Because I want to have this conversation with you from the standpoint of, I I am not a Trump cultist. I never was. I appreciated Donald Trump for some of the successes that he had. I recognize a lot of the failures he had. But what I'm recognizing more than anything that's deniable is the fact that the government is practicing 
not just surveillance and censorship, but they're really practicing intimidation through prosecution. And I see this no other way. And this is exactly what happened under FDR, is it not? Oh, yeah. And FDR, though, was uh, uh, very effective at covering his tracks. So he would work a lot through intermediaries. He would, uh, uh, and, and interestingly enough, there's a positive part of the story. I found that a lot of the people in the federal government were actually pretty good on civil liberties and resisted FDR because FDR wanted to prosecute people like the publisher of the Chicago Tribune, which had opposed uh, his foreign policy before the war. And there are people in the Justice Department that are saying, wait a minute, we don't think this is a good idea. He wanted to intern the Japanese Americans. He wanted to do that early on, and there were a lot of people uh, in the federal government, in the Department of Justice, that dragged their feet, that resisted him. So that's sort of a, uh, that's something we don't see now, unfortunately. But there were elements in the New Deal bureaucracy that just didn't like what he was doing. So I think he's actually worse than Woodrow Wilson in terms of civil liberties. Because Woodrow Wilson would occasionally say, well, gee, do we have to do this? And he would defer to his department, you know, his his function, his his subordinates. FDR is pushing, pushing, pushing harder than his subordinates to uh, indict people, to limit free speech and that kind of thing. He was a master of the of the landmines of regulation and the complexity of a Rube Goldberg bureaucracy this is what he loved to build and he knew it would give him plausible deniability but he also know any resistance to it would be futile in the bureaucracy's strength and that's why he was a master of building these massive new deal and this system of help and and what people forget is how much damage it really did to the recovery of our economy but have we ever really recovered to the freedoms we enjoyed prior to fdr I, I really don't think we have. I mean, there were a lot of people pushing back against him, but he establishes precedents like, for example, that we're, you know, we read about the Twitter files and how the government is strong arming, was strong arming Twitter to censor, uh, stories. FDR was doing that. Big time. He, uh, by 1938, there were no anti-New Deal uh, radio commentators on the main networks anymore. And he had gotten them off through this kind of strategy. Uh, He would contact or have his friends contact the chief advertisers for these programs, and they would exert that kind of pressure. Very familiar. Yes. And uh, use of the FCC for example. So, uh, yeah, I think some very damaging precedents were established that we're, li- we're still living with, and sedition trials are a good example. Um, They're coming back big time. And I'm fascinated, too, with the, the rewriting of history when it comes to the relationship America had with Japan prior to Pearl Harbor. And this goes through an, a kind of a manipulation of money and a manipulation of trade with, chi- with Americans' inf- influence over, ch- over Japan. And I'm wondering, what did you find in the book? Because if I remember correctly, prior to our involvement in Adolf Hitler's strength, Japan was an ally of America prior to the attack of Pearl Harbor. Do I have that wrong? Am I misremembering my own history and my own research that wasn't handed to me or spoon-fed through school? Well, I again, the book focused on the Bill of Rights. I didn't really look at foreign policy. I wouldn't say, though, Japan was an ally of the United States in those 
uh, pre-war years. I think you can look back and find periods where we had very friendly relations. In the 1905 war, when Japan fought Russia, uh, Teddy Roosevelt actually was was actually quite sympathetic to Japan in that war. You know, he thought the Russians were corrupt and decaying and so forth. Uh, I wouldn't really say Japan was an ally. I would say it's a secondary priority. FDR's main priority is uh, in Europe is the North Atlantic. And Japan is seen as kind of, uh, you know, a little irritant. And he, it's not really his main focus. Um, and he doesn't talk about it that often really? uh, before Pearl Harbor. But there, there certainly are increased tensions during the 1930s between Japan and the United States. So how long did he uh, did it take for, for the American people to recognize that the New Deal wasn't helping America? In fact, it was prolonging the Depression. Is that something America realized before World War II? When did they start to get sick and tired of the so-called benefits of the New Deal? I would say there's a reaction. There's a lot of people still backing it uh, during that time. But there is a reaction. And interestingly enough, 1936, FDR had a massive landslide. The Democrats had bigger majorities in both houses than I think any party has had and certainly since and before that, at least for 100 years. Massive. And FDR thought, well, I'm going to pack the Supreme Court now. I'm going to do all sorts of things. I'm going to have a third New Deal. And surprise of surprises, he encountered opposition. And from Democrats, a lot of it was from Democrats. A lot of people see the opposition to court packing as these conservatives. No, this was a Congress that was very you know, a lot of new dealers in it, but they thought this guy's going too far. And this is very unfortunate because we don't see pushback on the left anymore. We did then. We had people on the left that were saying this is going too far. In fact, it was his um, own vice president, right? His own vice president, ultimately. Yeah, his own vice president, actually. And, and on some other issues like uh, lynching, uh, the FDR, uh, there was a big effort to get an anti-lynching bill, and FDR showed no interest in it. He didn't do anything. His own vice president, who was from Texas, you know, not not really that strong a New Dealer. He said, "Look, we need to do something about this. This is this is just incredible." And of course, FDR uh, nominated a a, a Klan a, a person who would belong to the Klan to the Supreme Court, knew full well about his background. That was Hugo Black, who plays a prominent yes. role in my book. Really, tell me a little bit about Hugo Black because I don't think American people realize how powerful he was and the positions he obtained head of a Senate committee to investigate lobbying that was basically <laughs> set up to investigate opponents of the New Deal. How did they define lobbying? Basically anything political. So if you said something, oh, I think FDR is a bad guy, you know, whatever, that's lobbying, right? Because mm -hmm. you could influence political debate. And so he set this thing up and FDR basically delegated him to do this. And he, Black was, you know, I think like a Joe McCarthy of his time in a way, but much more effective than Joe McCarthy, much less crude, but uh, very much inquisitorial. Well, Black wanted to ambush these new dealers anti-New Dealers. He wanted to call them in. He thought, well, what's the best way to do this? I'm going to get their private telegrams. So they used to have a law that the FCC had to keep 
or the telegraph companies, big one was Western Union, had to keep copies of all telegrams. So Black goes in and, and to the FCC and he gets the telegraph companies ordered to provide millions of private telegrams, three million. And I think I mentioned this at the beginning, yeah. but then he, he, he'll ambush witnesses. You know, it's like it's like ambushing you over your emails, right? Most mm-hmm. of us don't pay much attention. Didn't you say this on June 8th? And he, they had no warning and he would try to ambush them. He went through their tax returns. He got the IRS to get their tax returns going back, in some cases, more than a decade. So he uh, used these methods and there was a reaction against him. There were court rulings ultimately, but he had really done a lot of damage by that time. So it's funny, you know, the stress level and 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 the things that Americans are feeling overwhelmed with. This is really not something new for Americans. We've been dealing with this kind of power grab, this legacy of corruption, truly for decades, for a hundred years plus, haven't we? Well, certainly we have, if you look at all the things that, you know, that we're concerned about, you know, like, you know, the examples on, for example, one of the elite new dealers proposed a bill to uh, make it a felony to publish any article known to be false. Does this sound familiar? Oh, my word. And we're basically making a misinformation kind of argument, fake news. FDR was a big crusader against fake news. In fact, I think he even used the term and he would always make this argument. Well, this guy was basically, I think, FDR was supporting his bill. But the encouraging thing was there was massive opposition to this proposed bill, and the guy had to slink away and withdraw it, coming from both left and right. And unfortunately, I don't see that now. No, that's the difference is that we're unmoored from a true principle. You could argue of the of the same the similarities, but the difference is his own party had a principle. And I'm wondering, is that the difference between now and then? Because we've had scandals of lobbyists and corruption in government since the founding of our nation. But what we haven't had is the acceptance of it to the level I see. It reminds me of Chicago, where you're just kind of accepted. All right. This is a corrupt system like the Soviet Union, we're just going to partake in it rather than resist it. And is that what we're missing? Is the, is the commonality of a, of a principle in our nation now? think that people looked back to the founding across the political spectrum. And even FDR would give lip, lip service to the Constitution. And there was a genuine sort of belief in, you know, uh, at least lip service in the Bill of Rights. There was a pride in American traditions of the Declaration of the Constitution. I think that that's changed. And I don't know how to get it back. No. There was kind of a consensus for those things, in a sense. That consensus is pretty much gone. You'd even have co- the Communist Party even had uh, George Washington as an example of 20th century uh, Americanism. Can you imagine, yes. you know, uh, the Communist Party doing that now? Well, so they you, felt the need to say that. Professor Beto, I mean, I, I, David, to your friends like me. However, uh, Professor, and when you see the kind of level of corruption, both parties, really, but this particular instance that we're living through, were your antennas up when you saw so many American modern-day Democrats invoke FDR and have an ignorance to the kind of failure and corruption and, and, and heavy-handedness and, and, uh, and, and real tyranny? 
that he implemented. I mean, you see, I can describe his legacy no other way. Yet, it was through this current president, as he invoked, I'm going to be the most significant president since FDR, and I am going to implement a newer version of the New Deal. Why has the New Deal been given the kind of propaganda it's been given and the ignorance to its corruption and, and tyranny that uh, we see before us? How have there been so few books taking on the corruption in the New Deal? Well, I think it's because the history profession is left of center and they they tend to agree with the welfare state. So FDR is consistently ranked certainly in the top five of great presidents, sometimes number one, sometimes uh, sometimes number two. But this, you know, Republicans as well. I was just reading uh, George, uh, through George uh, 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 George W. Bush's bio, auto bio. And in that he said in 2007, you know, in the financial crisis. 2008, he said, I decided then I was going to be FDR, not Herbert Hoover. This is a healing line. Yes, this is amazing. Now, it is true that Japanese internment is an area where people on the left, they never defend FDR. However, they do defend him. And, uh, and, you know, you bring this up and they'll say, well, you know, that's an unfortunate thing he did. But there was a lot of hysteria. Uh, you know, uh, there were people in the military pushing it. And they sort of portray him as this clueless guy that's manipulated. Well, of course, the FDR, the New Deal, is the leader, the strong leader. And they somehow changed that. Yes. And my book shows how FDR was ahead of the curve in a bad sense on that issue. He and, was pushing for that even in the 1930s. And he's really he's the father of the, of the welfare state. And I'm wondering, uh, if I remember correctly, his welfare state had some stipulations. You had to at least want to get off of it. Do you think he would have been the kind of proponent of the welfare state that rewards absolute and total bad behavior that we have today? That's hard to say. You know, he's a he's a hard character to figure out. But you're certainly right. He did not want. uh, you know, he was very skeptical of having a welfare program that that did not, you know, that supported women that have that had never married, for example, yes. families with uh, he he was very skeptical public. He was very strongly skeptical of public employees unions. Yes. And uh, was a, basically made some very strong statements. Now, I wouldn't carry this too far, but I will say that FDR, to some extent, did buy into the consensus. I could say, you know, I'm not a very positive guy about FDR, but I think he, he bought in to some extent this idea that, you know, you need to work hard, you need to save money to get ahead. And, you know, we want to encourage that, right? Yes. I I think he gave some, he believed that in some ways. Now, the new book is called The New Deal's War on the Bill of Rights, the untold story of FDR's concentration camp, censorship, and mass surveillance. However, I find your resume fascinating. I know you are at the Independent Institute. Is there somewhere that people can keep an eye on your writings? I know you it took you years to do the book, but I'm assuming you're not going to sit idly by and quiet. Where can the people keep an eye on you? Well, they can go to... Uh 
the independent.org. They can go to uh, University of Alabama History Department, and I've got a, you know a, all my publications. And I'm not going to keep quiet. I'm writing a book about an all-black town now. So I'm a guy that writes about a lot of different things, and uh, that is a book I'm, I'm writing on right now, um, uh, a all-black town called Mount Bayou, which uh, was really a center of self-help and entrepreneurship and thrift. And it was at the center of the Emmett Till trial. That's where Emmett Till's mother stayed. Yes. And there was a wealthy guy named Dr. T.R.M. Howard, my wife and I wrote about, who was a pro-gun guy. He was a Republican. And he was a pioneer in the civil rights movement, had massive rallies of thousands. This is before Martin Luther King came along. Well, so uh, th- those are some projects I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep burrowing into. Professor Beadle, um, yeah. it's going mm-hmm. to take somebody like you who has the doggedness to continue to take on the the rewriting of history and give us the real history to change the trajectory that we're falling into. So that's why I love having you on. I'm going to have you on again. When you get done with it, will you please let me know? I'd like to get a copy and I'd like to promote it. Certainly. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you, Professor Beadle. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. How Joe Biden has positioned himself as the modern-day FDI, Time Magazine, October 28, 2020. Now, obviously, Joe Biden isn't nearly as smart. He is as diabolical and cunning. But what exactly are we building on? We're building on a fraud, on a lie. That's what the New Deal was. That's what FDR was. Hey, guys. It's your girl, Shalane. I'm back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to be discussing new Social Security proposals. And this benefits all of us, all right? We're also going to talk about Social Security overpaying billions of people. And now they want their money back. How- the premise and the cornerstone of the New Deal was social security it seems to be an uncomfortable topic because it's like every socialist agenda when it fails the government builds upon its failure that's really why we're at 33 trillion dollars among other atrocities but this idea that there is something called social security there is not it is the redistribution of modern day tax ponzi scheme sold to the american people by madison avenue advertisers as an insurance policy, there would see there was a massive pushback, kind of like Obamacare. And that's why I played you the Barack Obama celebrating the Affordable Care Act that was going to save you money and make everything better. Why do we build on losers? Yes, Democrats, but moreover, government policies of corruption. And what you're having implemented from Mount High isn't the revision or the ripping out of this communist, corrupt Soviet failure called Social Security or Obamacare. They're going to double down in an entirely new section called climate change. And that's why you're being lectured to by a European political whore scumbag like Zelensky. Yes, you are. And he comes to America after stealing hundreds of billions. And you're talking to me about climate change, you foreign corrupt rat. We have to stop it. We must act 
united to defeat the aggressor and focus all our capabilities and energy on addressing these challenges. The aggressor that we have isn't Vladimir Putin. It's government corruption. The aggressor we have is the idea that government is delivering some sort of security rather than what it's really delivering. Bankruptcy. That's what we're dealing with. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. He says Zelensky and his team have embezzled about $400 million. $400 million. And none of that addressed. None of it. Instead, I have this whore come here and lecture me about climate change. You idiot. Could only happen when there's other scallywags like Democrats who don't want to talk about the other failure with misappropriation of funds called the New Deal. Good thing Joe Biden is here for the New Deal. He saw the old deal. He might as well figure out the New Deal. Walt, Northwest Indiana. Yes. Sean, do you know that uh, the uh, FDR putting the 100,000 Japanese Americans from the West Coast in the concentration camps, that was all his idea? Of course it was. He was opposed opposed by uh, head of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, as well as the Office of Naval Intelligence. The military wanted nothing to do with keeping those people in those camps. They argued to Roosevelt, look, we got two wars, two front wars to fight. We, well, why, why, why should we be holding uh, civilians who were, prosec- who were prosecuted for nothing? I love the title um, of this book, by the way. That's why the New Deal's war on the Bill of Rights. Look at what this rat bastard did to this country. And he's treated as a hero, as a conquering hero. Both his economic scheme and his domestic. An atrocity and abuse of the Bill of Rights and Americanism itself. Yet look at how history writes of this fraud. The same way they'll write about this idiot, Joe Biden. Unless we demand the truth. Go ahead. 1944, the American military went to Roosevelt and said, look, we never wanted to keep these uh, Japanese Americans in camps. But now the Japanese are in far, far flung retreat onto the Western Pacific. There's no point in keeping these people in these camps. And Roosevelt said, you're going to, they're going to stay there. Why? 44 was a presidential election. There were a lot of, a lot of uh, families affected by the war and they were, he was afraid. And he was advised by his kitchen cabinet, including Felix, uh, uh, Supreme Court Justice Felix Frankfurt, who is a, a, a god to, in, in the, uh, the left-wing circle. Just like Hugo country. Black. Just like yes, Hugo exactly. Black. Another corrupt, racist piece of dunk. Democrat. Just like FDR. They make me sick to my stomach. And yet, I have to read about what a success. Every platform of FDR, a failure. The only thing he succeeded in, he didn't. The Americans did. We kicked the ass of the people he was ideologically aligned with. The Nazis. Oh, it is a good time for a Klaus Schwab clip. Herr Schwab. Greg and LaGrange. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm good. Except I, I, hate to, I, hate to, I hate to just exist in this world of corruption and lies. That's why it's always hard to come back to Chicago. Go ahead. There's this book out there. Uh, I remember I picked it up years and years ago. FDR's Folly. I believe the author was uh, James Powell or something like that. Yeah. Uh, as a as a Polish American, though, um, I really have no love loss for him because if you look at some of the correspondence in in uh, between Stalin and Churchill and Roosevelt during the war, you could see how Stalin played Roosevelt. Well, first of all, Churchill, did he play him? And they split him. Did he play him, or was well, he also ideologically aligned with Stalin? Uncle Joe. 
Do you know the atrocities? First of all, they're, they're two rabid scum of the earth. But the atrocities Stalin committed are ten times, ten times what Hitler did. Yet what did we do? I, it's disgusting. I, 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 do know that, I do know that there was a, a really, really brushing off of the whole KTM massacre of the Polish officers in forty. And I also know well, here, that Greg, as a Polish American, what do you think about Stefan Bandera that we're celebrating a country that celebrates him as another hero? What do you think about that? There's, there's, there's a lot of twisted history between the Poles and Ukraine. Sometimes they were friends, sometimes they weren't. Um, and it's very, very hard. Yeah, but one thing that doesn't change is that, that Stefan Bandera killed hundreds of thousands right. of Poles. And he's still this, celebrated I, to this day by Zelensky. Thank you very there's much. There's another... Go ahead, what do you got? Oh, there's one last thing. The National Recovery Administration that he started early in his, in his uh, presidency, I believe that was something where he built up all the major corporations oh, yeah. to uh, pass laws to allow uh, to Here. disallow competition. His crown jewel the is, the pro- is the program that is bankrupting us. His crown jewel. Supreme- oh, I'm sorry. I believe the Supreme Court in that case kind of overruled them. You need to... I'm not sure about that, but yeah. a blind squirrel really... finds a nut. Let's not celebrate them either. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Ah, this climate change boondoggle scam artist bastards that they are. Wrong for 70 years. That's just one thing about the weather. They can't get that right. But boy, oh boy, the stealing that they're going to participate in, that they have participated in. How do you quantify what we've already burned up on this scam of green energy? Let's start with what you and everyone here knows. The climate crisis is a threat to us as a species and this planet that God gave us to live on. Wrong. And we need to take this issue seriously and understand that the clock is not just ticking, it is banging. Oh, easy, honey. You say banging, Willie Brown takes off his trousers. Don't say it too loud. You got the world stage now, you tramp. Ours is an administration that is always focused on equity. Where's the equity in poverty? Oh, I guess that is it. I found the equity, squirrel. It's poverty. That's the equity this dim, dimwit is talking about. Do you, realize, do you realize what people have lost since Joe Biden stole the office? Do you realize the quality of life? That now more and more Americans are on welfare than at any time in his story. A greater percentage of Americans are on welfare. Well, how do you think that's going to work out in the end? them. We also have a new update to Social Security or SSI calculations, which can mean more money, more money, more, and of course the cost of living adjustment. So if you- I don't want their freaking money, and I'd never take it. I understand people have to, but what happens to people who do? What's the quality of life really like? Yeah, Tanya, at least four people were robbed at gunpoint last night. Most of the incidents, though, happened on the north side of the city. Police have not said if any of these crimes are linked, but they're all very similar. The The difference between FDR's time and now in American Dark Ages and the Democrat, the doom loop Democrats, is that back then, even though people were on welfare and even though people were poor, society in general wanted criminals to be prosecuted. You see, that's the big difference. 
Society now accepts the destruction of the tranquility of life in America. And that's the other part of government's obligation to us, to enforce law and to deliver tranquility. And yet everywhere the government is practiced by Democrats, the commonplace is welfare and the destruction of the quality of life. First one took place last night at around 10.30 in the 700 block of West Roscoe. Police say a 25-year-old man was walking down the sidewalk when three men got out of a black SUV and took his wallet. Does it matter anymore? doesn't really matter, right? I mean, shootings were down year over year by a percentage that Democrats in Chicago can pretend is, is some sort of an accomplishment. See what happens as your standards gets lower and lower? Before you know it, you're voting for all kinds of morons in short pants. In their best unit, excuse me, in their best interest, that's what I'm going to be standing for. We stand with workers, and that's why we're here. Oh, I like Stalin. Boy, he went far with that worker party bulldog. Let's see how these Democrats do. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. If you listen to country music, you probably heard my next guest. If you watch the Outdoor Channel, the Sportsman Channel, or the Pursuit Network, you've probably seen my next guest. But what you probably didn't know is he's also the founder and CEO of American Rebel, leading manufacturer of gun safes. His name is Andy Ross. Andy, thank you for joining me. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, I have to tell you, Andy, I, uh, I'm i now to the point in this nation when you see the attack on the Bill of Rights, when you see the idea that unless you buy every bulldung story coming out of the government, you're an enemy of this state, I'm not too willing to expose myself as somebody who enjoys the Second Amendment. You'll also have to remember I'm from Chicago where they pretend that somehow a law against it will will prevent the gangster disciples or the Sinaloa cartel from having them. But one thing I, I recognize is what I saw through, I think it's Liberty Safes, work in conjunction with a government as they try to get information about citizens. I got very nervous about gun safes. Do I have to worry about yours? No, you don't. You know, the way I look at it, if you're, if you're a safe manufacturer, then you're in the business of privacy. When someone's buying your product, you know that they're buying it so that they can keep personal items and belongings uh, safe, secure, and private. Uh, for example, if I was selling lawn furniture and you bought lawn furniture for me, you would expect it not to rust. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, the, the policy that we have is that we would defend uh, an individual's privacy just as we would defend our own. We would take it through the proper uh, court system and channels, uh, a lot like some of the big tech companies uh, thankfully have done. Because when you look at this case with Liberty, you know, Let's don't make it about one case or one person that's, it's a policy. On, you know, that's at trial here. It's privacy that's on trial. It's a bigger picture. Privacy is on trial, and U.S. citizens' privacy should not be on trial. And the other thing I wanted to know, you know, I, I have to tell you, you know, being from Chicago, a gun isn't going to do you any good in a safe. I don't live with morons, so I don't have to worry about that. But the reality is I, I never partook. I, I, I've since moved. I don't live here anymore. I visit here. But... um. 
I, I, I didn't want a gun safe, but I didn't. My kids were different. I didn't. I didn't have kids I had to worry about per se in that in that event. But how much information do gun safe manufacturers have on their consumers? How did they even have this ability to tell people? What is it? The codes they were able to tell, or just simply a list of people who bought it? So uh, first of all, I, I, with you, I grew up without gun safes. I had a gun rack in the back of my truck, went duck hunting before school, had my truck parked right outside the school. So did my friends. Good, different world we grew up in. Thank God. Um, and, and, and even though I have a gun safe and several in it, you know, all my guns aren't in the safe. So, uh, but to get right to your question, so the lock manufacturers that supply us safe manufacturers are locks. They deliver those locks with with what's known as a backdoor code. The reason for this backdoor code is we get over 500 calls a year from individuals who've either forgot their combination or unsuccessfully tried to change their combination and made a mistake, and they don't want to destroy their safe in order to get in uh, to get their belongings. So there is this backdoor code. Now, when you register your safe or fill your warranty card out at, at uh, our companies and our brands, American Rebel and Champion, there is a box to check. And if you want us to delete that backdoor code, we will be happy to delete that backdoor code. But we will not be able to help you uh, get into the safe if you need if you need help. The key here is no one other than the registered safe owner through a double verification process should ever have any access to that backdoor code. Not someone's neighbor, someone's friend, someone's enemy, or even law enforcement. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I have to tell you, Andy, I'm so glad we grew up in a time when this was not the norm or you had to not fear thieves that broke into your house, but the government that wanted to strip away your rights, in particular when you're talking about a subject like this. And I'm wondering, you know, I you want to know why I never really thought, oh, I'm going to get a gun safe? is because I remember the story of Jack Daniels. And I'm wondering, how tempted were you to have a safe named the Kick and Sip after Jack Daniels? <laughs> uh, well, I'm more tempted now than I was. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't sue you. We'll settle out of court. In the meantime, uh, you know, when you saw the cooperation, were you shocked that they didn't even, it didn't appear they resisted? and immediately came up with an excuse? Because I don't think it was something as complicated as the backdoor. I think they just wanted a list of people who bought the product. And when you realize they marketed it to people like through me, through guys like me, and they marketed it to people who were already worried that the government at that time when they launched was, I believe, Barack Obama in office, they were worried they were going to take their guns from them. And everybody realized what Barack Obama was selling. And that you trust and you buy the... Co- I, I'm just in shock that a company would so readily turn over the information to the government. Yeah, you know, that, that company, uh, Liberty's been been sold a couple of times. It belongs to a large investment group um, that, uh, you know, they, they probably don't have, uh, you know, from, from, from the research and articles and things that are out there, I don't believe they have the initial uh, beliefs and... and, and uh, thoughts of running the business like maybe the original founders of Liberty mm-hmm. uh, that originally wanted to be in the safe business, in the privacy business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's definitely, a um, you know, again, the thing that gets me about this is from a company standpoint, number one, as I said, if we would have been, and they were not, but if they would have come to us with a subpoena 
there is a legal process to fight that subpoena all the way to the end. Again, I applaud Apple and some other tech companies that have done that yeah, with their too. customers' privacy. Um, but here's the thing that just that just is, that I don't understand is the FBI or law enforcement or any trained professional with the right set of tools and the right circumstances can get into a bank vault, let alone a safe. It's 50% I mean, of the guys I grew up with can get in one. Yeah. I'm sorry? 50% of the guys I grew up with can get into a yeah, safe. That's it, why I never bothered with one. It's not a thought. You know, we manufacture them, and we make them absolutely as secure as they can be. But there's tools out there in this world that will, you know, penetrate through a safe or a, a bank vault door or, or any other, you know, into, into Fort Knox. I mean, yeah. so, so the company could have very easily resist and fought. And if they, and if the FBI wanted in that safe, they could have themselves had a professional or got a hold of a professional and they could have been in it by dark anyway. Right. So why, why, uh, why compromise someone's privacy? Uh, it just, it just the whole story. Made well, it's, no see, it's important that you have company and you have companies that have a mission statement and that they share the mission statement that, uh, the people who buy their product believe in. That's why I like the idea that at least now we know, check it off the box, and that's when you go to American Rebel. But I'm interested in your company. So you start out, you're, you're a country music guy, and then you get a, the host of a TV show. And which was your first show on, Outdoor Channel or the Sportsman Channel? So my first, uh, and, and, and I thank you for being a country guy, but I do rock, by the way. Oh, all right. Uh, I got to throw that in there. I like to, I like to rock a little bit. No problem. Um, I, I had a show uh, on the Outdoor Channel first, and then we would run other airings over on the Sportsman's Channel called Maximum Archery World Tour, and I bow hunted the world on TV. I did music on the show because I could write and play, so I had these hunting songs I wrote, Blood Trail on a Whitetail, Gotta Go Hunting Blues, Hunt Me Down, Buck of a Lifetime, stuff like that. And uh, when when iTunes came out and file sharing and smartphones, all of a sudden the music took off. Then I had people from Nashville wanting to write with me. Next nice. thing you know, I got a call to make a record. And on my third album called Time to Fight in 2015, I had a song called American Rebel that went viral as a patriotic anthem. Landed me on counting cars, um, really got a lot of momentum, and we decided to build a brand around it. Love it. So we launched our company in 2015. We named it after the song. The song's the mission statement for the company. And as of February of 22, we're now a publicly traded company on NASDAQ. Congratulations. This is great news. And you didn't just stop in safes. In fact, you brought it to other products, including concealed carry apparel, didn't you? Concealed carry was our first, our concealed carry coats, jackets, backpacks was our first product line. Uh, we moved into safes. We acquired one of our largest competitors, Champion. And I am very excited to say uh, that here in very short order, we will be rolling out America's patriotic, God fearing, Constitution loving, national anthem singing, stand your ground, fear. I love it. I love it. Now, have you thought about a Chicago cut when it comes to apparel and you can make something like Kevlar backpacks for the kids so they can go back and forth to school? You know, the, the idea of making the backpack for kids to school has been very you know, appealing to me. Who wouldn't want to do anything they could do to help that situation? Yeah. The problem we've got is so many of the um, schools now and proposals and are doing is they want backpacks to be clear so they can see what's in the backpack 
Mm. And they considered this is going to sound crazy. This is this is the crazy world we live in. But having a ballistic shield and a backpack somehow makes the backpack qualify as something holding a gun accessory, which you can't take to school. So oh. it's it's the it's the red tape. It's the yes. it's all of the uh, all of the above that just make you know doing something that you would think makes so much sense. Um, I'm going to tell you something though. I'm a real estate broker. It's one of the things I do, and I bet that you could trace your sales of not just the safes, but your concealed carry apparel to states, and then take a look at real estate values and see that those states have a higher real estate value than the other states, the fascist, Democrat, mafia-run states like Illinois. And you could somehow have a schematic of a quality of life where you could sell the gun safe, you could sell the clothes, and give people real estate advice. What do you think? I'm ready to do all three, and while we're doing that, let's just put on a cape and fight crime at night. Let's I go. love it. Andy Ross, I appreciate you for what you do. And what's the name of the site so that people can check out your products, your clothing, your safes? Where can they go? All right, AmericanRebel.com, ChampionSafe.com, AmericanRebelBeer.com, and wow. AndyRoss.com. Now, you come out with a kick, with, with a kick and sip safe. Well, uh, come on now. Well, I'm going to have my, my lawyers, Rabinowitz, Rabinowitz, and Rabinowitz call you. <laughs> all right <laughs> all right man thank you very much I appreciate it we'll be back with your calls and comments this is the sean thompson show where democrats are always wrong republicans are seldom right and politicians are never ever to be trusted on am 560 the answer am 560 the answer oh yeah I want a milkshake. I want potatoes. You'll chips. get nothing and like it. We need a little bit of that, Squirrel. Straighten things out because it's getting chaotic. It's absolutely chaotic. And as you see what's happening with the, the border, the insanity. The hell, wait, I, just keep giving money away, giving money away, giving money away. So why doesn't the president address this? It's a very urgent need in this country. While he's talking to the U.N., really missed opportunity today? No, no, no. I mean, he's he's absolutely. He doesn't talk this. about it. John. He, he has, never talks. About he has it. addressed this with those leaders in the region. We were just in down in Mexico. Five hundred five million five hundred and eighty three thousand people have come across the border that we know about since Joe Biden has been in office. President Biden did not say a word about our southern border today. He didn't meet with leaders from Mexico, Guatemala. You have nine, ten thousand people crossing the border in unprecedented numbers. How is this something that he doesn't address when he's in New York City, where there's a crisis unfolding less than a mile away from where he's speaking? Well, Martha, he did address the, the challenge of regional migration in the speech. He talked about the Los Angeles Declaration for Migration and for uh, and support for uh, for migrants. Uh, he knows, and he addressed it again in the remarks that this is a regional thing. You're not wrong. I mean, there are more people on the move in this hemisphere now than we've seen since World War II. And you're absolutely right. Uh, as the weather cools down and conditions get a little bit better, we are seeing you're blaming climate change numbers. for the reason no, that I'm people not, are coming. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the, just the, the weather conditions as we head into fall. Okay. It's just easier to, to, to be on the move. Plenty of so summer. We are seeing, you've got, now you've got seeing, the highest numbers since May we are crossing seeing, the border. We are seeing increases. Now. We're not pushing back on the fact that the numbers yeah. are increasing. That's why we want Congress to work with us and pass that supplemental we asked for, $4 billion to help us with border security needs. That's it's all I mean, it's just the same bulldog. 
It's the same bulldog, and nothing gets done except more money, more money, more money. That's all we're going to hear about. City several months ago, he has had he's had multiple now two I think summits for democracy at each one of them. This issue comes up at each one of them. He addresses it with those leaders. I mean did, that that he didn't have a specific conversation today doesn't mean that he hasn't had in the past or that he won't in the future or that the Secretary of State isn't also having these discussions. Are you sure he didn't fit it in today? Because I I don't think many people understood what he said. Now realizing of all our institutions. What was that? Square? Yeah, I didn't understand it either. It's insane. It's chaos. It's Democrat leadership at its best. All these leaders realize, Martha, that it is a regional problem. It's not just because of one country's politics or one country's economics. There are just simply more people on the move, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Famine, drought, political instability, such as what you see in in Venezuela. People have lots of reasons for being on the move. What are you seeing in Venezuela? You're seeing the ramification of socialism, communism, corrupt gangster government. That's what you're saying. And instead of rejecting it, you seem to be imitating it. And in the meantime, when all else fails, go to the green card. As nukes are restrained, likewise the aggressor must be restrained and all his tools and methods of war. Each war now can become final. But it takes our unity to make sure that aggression will not break in again. And it is not a dialogue between the so-called great powers somewhere behind the closed doors that can guarantee us all the new wars era, but open war of all nations for peace. Nations for peace, says the guy blowing up everything, including the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, the greatest ecological disaster in American, in world history. And did we figure out who's doing that? I don't know. Are you sure it's not the climate change? I think it's the climate change. 9% of these people don't have asylum. They don't have a, a legitimate is, asylum claim. Which is why he has worked so hard in the region to develop these centers around uh, several countries where people can apply for legal pathways to come in. That's great. It's and not it's working. Why, and it's why we bolstered, as much as we can, we bolstered security at the, at the border to try to okay. d- deter Im- Ill- illegal uh, immigration. Okay. So let me get this straight. When you have what we know about is... More people than are in 30 states in this country have come through since Joe Biden has acquired the office. More people than in 30 states. You're still telling me the numbers are down. And there is no pushback to any of this. Last couple of weeks, smugglers with ISIS ties helped migrants enter U.S. from Mexico, raising alarm bells. I'd like to be talking about that. And matter of fact, you can go get the classified briefing. You ought to scare you. And finally, it's just not me saying these things. New York City, the mayor, is at capacity. We have no more room in the city and we need help. This is a national crisis that's begs for a national response since day one. The migrant crisis will destroy New York City. New York City will experience a financial tsunami. All Democrats, all the time. And no matter what the evidence of the failure of the corruption of the mafia state, they will not be detoured from their allegiance to the mafia party. It's like a cult. Chris Hayes, MSNBC. Now, as far as Hunter Biden's concerned, I will admit this. Republicans have succeeded in convincing me 
not to vote for Hunter Biden for president. I'm not going to vote for him for president. I probably wouldn't vote for him for senator or mayor. And it's a pretty easy decision to make because Hunter Biden's not running for president, nor is he the president now. It's a matter of public record that Hunter Biden, like many, many Americans, has struggled with substance abuse and addiction for most of his life. And in the grips of that has made a lot of really poor decisions. I don't think anyone disputes that he has purchased and abused illegal drugs, something which is clearly against the law. Hunter Biden also quite clearly has traded on his name quite lucratively, as many sons of powerful fathers do. What Republicans are trying to do is take those well-known established facts and contort it into something they like to call the Biden crime family to implicate his father, President Joe Biden, by association. To that, I would ask, do Republicans really want to be held accountable for everything their family has done? Does Donald Trump think he should be responsible for everything his son Don Jr. has ever done? Or his son-in-law? Of course not. Well, the one thing that they've done that None of the politicians, none of the politicians who are in control and linked to the Chinese Communist Party and to all other enemies of the country, foreign and domestic, is that they were in business. That's the one thing that Joe Biden, his whore family, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, the Duchess of Chaffington, never linked to any business. Unless, of course, you include Whitewater, which was a fraud on senior citizens that was participated in by the Duchess of Chaffington as she worked at Rose Law Firm and shredded documents before she could scrub her email servers. None of it matters. The evidence is irrelevant. The evidence right now of corruption to the country that was participating in the, in the corruption of the Obama administration for over a decade, it will not deter them. They will step and they will fetch and vote for their slave master. They're Democrats. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know, it's interesting. When I was doing the, uh, the eclipse and the prep for the show today and watching this imbecile, Who's always been an imbecile when Joe Biden, before the dementia, really started kicking his ass? Who's always a liar, always a fraud, always an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic? That's who Joe Biden is, a two-bit whore, always was. But when you look at him failing and when you see he's suffering from this embarrassment. Now, he has the our institutions. I mean, I can't get enough of that. And then you watch him get on the short stairs. Fetterman on the short pants. Joe Biden on the short stairs. Do you know when you hear short stairs, do you know what he's walking into, Squirrel? Did you ever watch it on Air Force One? He's going to where the baggage goes. That's where he's walking into. Did you know that? Because he can't go up the big stairs. Because Joe Biden is suffering from dementia, aside from corruption, which he should have been, impre- he should have been arrested decades ago. But to the Democrat mafia, as I was listening during the break, as they're having a voter registration push in Crook County, they don't care that they're harvesting ballots that uh, are from illegal aliens or trace back to the same address. They haven't cleaned the ballots or the rolls, the voter rolls in decades. They don't care. Joe Biden can have this performance on a national stage and not lose one vote. He could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. Joe Biden will not lose one vote. He's sending over $100 billion to the most corrupt nation and committing war atrocities of cluster bombs, he will not lose one vote. He's like a Chicago Democrat. No matter how much they steal, no matter how bad the quality of life, they'll continue to vote Democrat. Won't you? Cream Puff Jim. 
Yeah, I was just thinking about the, the Reagans and astrology. I know that she probably checked her mortal coil by now. But I'm sure Trump could use a good astrologer. I what don't know would what, you give? What part of your body? I mean, I know you, you don't use several. What part of your body would you give to go back to the Reagan years? I mean, are you, you're not going to pretend you well, hated I, I, it, are you? That's, well, I mean, well, back well, then, well, you could do a push-up. Yeah, but I mean, my point is, I mean, astrology, I don't know, is that the best course to use? Uh, I know Trump's turned into a preacher lately. Yeah, but why, why, why don't you focus on what you saw today before your very eyes? This scumbag. Biden's going to win in a landslide. You, so you will. You'll take Not it. just yeah, because yeah. of cultists of you, but because you cheat and you like it that way. You know you yeah. cheated. You know you cheated, you rat bastards. You didn't get 81 million morons, but it didn't matter. You were able to cram it through. And to this day, as you refuse to acknowledge, the state legislatures didn't change the voting rules. The lawyers, the scum Democrats slip and fall scum like in Crook County that sit on the Table of Wisdom LLC with Ed Burke. They changed it. And you didn't win any cases. You just simply had your crooked Democrat judges kick out the challenges to the ballot harvesting scum that you are. Yeah, you did. And you're going to continue to double down on it. And you're going to continue to penalize Trump, ironically, a Democrat from New York for decades, as he speaks in Democrat verbiage, saying, I only lost by 22,000. You're going to pretend that that's some indication he stole or he wanted to steal. He didn't want to steal. He just wanted to negate what we all know happens in these Democrat sewers. Election fraud. When you say you needed one-tenth of a point. You one one of a point. Of a point I needed a very small. I think somebody said twenty-two thousand votes to win. Yeah, if you divide it among the states, it was twenty-two thousand votes, something to, to that effect. Yeah. To win the election. Yeah, if I would have had another twenty-two thousand votes over the whole. But look, they rigged is, the election. If you look at Pennsylvania, but Mr. President, if you you're look saying at all you needed stuff, more votes to win the election. Are you acknowledging me. you if didn't you win? Look at, if, See, he's not doing an interview. He's debating a political propagandist, a whore of information. She's not giving him an interview. If she would, she would have said, what are your alleged allegations? And he would have talked about the fraud, the same-day voter registration in Philly, the fraud in Wisconsin. He would have talked about the percentage of voters that turned out in very specific areas in during the four hours that the government shut down the count. But he didn't do that. He's listening to, he's, he's articulating with this imbecile who's attacking him in a way that she knows and the Democrat mafia knows this dimwin in diapers never could. Now, even as we evolve our institutions. What? I said what? And drive creative new partnerships. Let me be clear. Be clear. What? It's too bad we don't have that Harry Carey stuff in Japan. Brian Wheatfield, Indiana. Hey, Sean, how are you tonight? Aggravated, how are you? Hey, good. Hey, I want to know if you're going to change the name of your cigar store to give me that. No. The other day when I was in there, yeah. I watched Prof walk out with a handful of cigars, didn't pay anything, and then I had to roll out a lot of cash for the couple I got. We have Prof's card on file, and whether Prof takes cigars <laughs> or not, he's charged a portion of the rent because I don't really practice socialism, and I'm hoping I cover just what, I, what, he, what he spends in paper towels. Do you see the abuse of items he does he drinks the coffee takes the pop he uses the the, the toilet paper he's a pig a slob but, but i'm charging him exorbitantly. Yeah, I, thank you i'd add 25 percent to all that too oh yeah don't worry you got a piece of that too i never lose thank I you bet. though very much brian 
Appreciate Have a good night. You too, brother. Appreciate that. See, see, people are worried that I'm being taken advantage of. So uh, we should really focus on exactly who else is being taken advantage of in the name of fighting off the mafia. Mr. Speaker, I'm not voting for a continuing resolution. I'm not voting to continue the failure and the waste and the corruption and the election interference. Not one Republican should. Yet, ironically and sadly, the continuing resolution he wants to vote against was put forward by another Republican. And until we start to clean our own house, do you really think you're going to detour the mafia step and fetch Democrat like Cream Puff Jim, who just wants something for nothing like they all do? Hey, UAW family. Last week, we announced the launch of the stand up strike. I want to give a major shout out to the thousands of members who are on the picket line right now fighting for all of us. For the $315,000 for a four-day work week, 40% increase in jobs that are already subsidized to the T. You can never, never satisfy the insatiable quest for charity and handouts of the Democrat Mafia members. Tom in Blue Island. Sean Tedos. You know, you've been pounding Biden on this BS today. Here, Sean, this wasn't any exchange, this Iranian garbage. All of these people involved are Iranian citizens. The supposed Americans that were released, that were released are exactly. they're dual citizens. Originally, they're all Iranians. This is a load of garbage. This is another Biden payoff to our supposed enemy. They're our enemy, but not his. Tom, I can't decide what part of the deal I'm more aggravated at. But more importantly, what's going on and people are not talking about is the massive payoff to OPEC. And enemies of Americanism, Joe Biden has delivered through American policies, which have driven up the price of oil to between 90 and 100 dollars. And you're being told it's okay, And there's a soft landing. And the Republicans aren't pushing back. When I say Republicans, I'm talking about the so-called representatives. None of them talk of this. None of them talk of this. Instead, what do they really try to do? They try to fast track a continuing resolution bill. It's outrageous. And in some cases, the efforts that could lead this country into World War Three. Oh, yes. And then there's that in a continuing resolution. All of the waste, fraud and abuse that we've gotten used to and all of the money that is being electronically sent to the Ukrainian oligarchs whose wives are all shopping in Paris. It'll continue. It has to stop. We have to shut down the government. Three, one, two, six, four, two, fifty six hundred. Call Sean now. Three, one, two, six, four, two, fifty six hundred. AM 560, the answer. I think you expect this kind of corruption and failure from Democrats. After all, we're from Chicago. We know the game. What you don't expect is to be stabbed once again, once again in the back by so-called Republicans. That's why I'm never going to tell you to support Republicans, ever. When you look at the scallywag you have right here, scallywags in Illinois as they partner in their law firms with Democrats, as they have lobbyist organizations and tell everybody to compromise with corruption. They're making a fortune. Why would they ever want it to stop? So they don't. So they continue to ignore the ramifications. $33 trillion is, a, is, is the tip of the iceberg. The unfunded liabilities, the policies that grow 3%, and it's insanity. Good evening. I'm speaking to you tonight to give you a report on the state of our nation's economy. 
and regret to say that we're in the worst economic mess since the Great Depression. A few days ago, I was presented with a report I'd asked for, a comprehensive audit, if you will, of our economic condition. You won't like it. I didn't like it. But we have to face the truth and then go to work to turn things around and make no mistake about it, we can turn them around. We invented the assembly line and mass production, but punitive tax policies and excessive and unnecessary regulations, plus government borrowing, have stifled our ability to update plant and equipment. When can- what do you think Reagan would do with these UAW? What do you think he'd do? You think he would give them the full support of the government? That's exactly what the corrupt Biden is. He's always been an asset of the labor extortion mafia. As I hear you paint houses, also known as the Irishman, bragged about owning this senator from Delaware, this dimwit in diapers. What do you think he'd do? He would have handled it the way he handled the airport traffic controllers. You're fired. My offer to you is this nothing. And you'll like it. Capital investment is made. It's too often for some unproductive alterations demanded by government to meet various of its regulations. Excessive taxation of individuals has robbed us of incentive and made overtime unprofitable. And it's you're being told that the government must be given unfettered access to money as they limit us to what you can make before they strap you with punitive taxes. Yet who taxes the corruption? Nobody. We're going to give the World Bank another $25 billion. Bob in Oakland. Yeah. So, you know, they should just pull up in two cars and the Democrats can get out in one and the Republicans can get out in the other because it's a clown show. Both of them. They should just dress in clown Bob, I had a good friend of mine, a good guy. I had a long conversation with him. He ran for office as a Republican and was stabbed in the back. And he said, you know, I I think I'm going to run as a Democrat. I said, I think that's a huge mistake. See, it's time people like me and you, people who really pushed back against the corruption in the Obama administration, the grandson of Saul Alinsky and the rest of it, it's time that we kick out our own party. I'm dead serious about this. You know who's trying to get me fired right now? Isn't Democrats. They know I got them hook, line, and sinker for the half-assed, butter-handed pansy mafia they are. It's the Republicans who have been hiding all along with them. I oppose the CR authored by my friend and colleague from Florida, Byron Donalds. The Donald CR continues the Ukraine policy negotiated by Speaker Pelosi and Mitch McConnell in the omnibus that conservatives were against. What does it mean, the big conservative anymore? Does anybody know? You sit idly by as you get stabbed by your own party. Go stand with the Democrats like the never Trumpers. That's what I say to anybody who wants to continue the fraud. That is the American fiscal policy. Not to mention the foreign. I'll be lectured to by this crook Zelensky in his green t-shirt. Never did a day's work in his life. You're a perfect American Democrat. We'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.